Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Cape Cod. It's high noon on Wednesday. Time for another Life with Gwen. I'm Gwen Frist, the Lifestyles Editor at the Cape Cod Times, and we have this talk show every week so that you can meet the people that we are meeting in the community, ask questions. If you um, are watching us on Facebook Live, I'm sure you're familiar with the format where you can just send us your questions and we'll try to get them answered, or if not, we'll look into the answer. So with us today is someone that gets recognized regularly, so you may already know this, guys, but this is Beth Marcus. Hi, Beth. Thank Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. And uh, Beth is the co-owner of Cape Cod Beer with her husband, brewmaster Todd Marcus. And I remember it's got to be 20 years ago uh, at an event hosted by the late John Riga that you guys were were peddling your beer and it was just so sweet. And now here you are with uh, a brewery and you're busy every night and and, uh, blowing up Facebook. So (laughs) tell me what happened. Oh, well, that event was a long time ago. I think that was what, at the at the Sheridan at the time. I think so, yes. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And um, so Cape Cod Beer uh, officially is was 14 in April. So mm-hmm. it was close. It felt like 20 years, I'm sure, but it was really close I'm to that. I'm just not good with no, time. No, <laughs> it feels like 100 years. No, no, just kidding. Um, it basically, you know, we just, we started small. And in the early years, it was, you know, literally Todd and I at those events, you know, literally trying to get our people to try our beer and yep. understand craft beer. And, you know, over those last 14 years, craft beer as an industry has bo- literally boomed. Yeah, and when here we, on the Cape as here, well as Even here else. on the Cape, absolutely. Um, when we started, there were less than 1,000 breweries in the United States. And now there's, uh, you know, the count, it's hard to get a good count, but it's somewhere close between 6,500 and 7,000. Oh, that's amazing. In 14 years. In 14 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, I, I noticed that you recently had a cask fest at your place. We did. And you invited some of those other breweries here on the Cape to join you. Yep. It was, um, we've done a couple of them in the last, I don't know, two years. I think we've done, we try to do one in the spring and one in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, when it started out, it was all just kind of local, like Plymouth and Buzzards Bay and us and, you know, that area. This year, we this spring, we actually had people as far as like Somerville and Everett. Mm-hmm. And we partnered with the Mass Brew Bros, which is a, um, a two guys that basically have an online presence promoting mm-hmm. craft beer in Massachusetts. And they helped us bring some breweries from further away. So we had a... Um, Aeronaut from I think they're in Somerville or or Cambridge, and then we had um, breweries from um, Everett, basically all over, uh, and then some of the South Shore ones. Some mm-hmm. breweries are brand, know, are brand new. Like down here we have um, I don't know if they were able to come this year, but we have Devil's Purse, and yep. now we have Knockabout, the newest uh, yep. kid on the block. So there's Devil's Purse. Uh, they were all invited. Everybody's super busy yeah. this time of year, though. Mm-hmm. So the I think the closest local brewery that was at Cast Fest this time they've mm-hmm. been at them in the past 
was uh, Mayflower and Buzzards Bay, and Buzzards Bay had to cancel at the last minute because they're having a they were having a foundation poured. Ah, <laughs> so, so you know, <laughs> you should probably tell everybody what Cask Fest is. Oh, sure. So cask beer is basically when you take beer that's fermenting out of the fermenter and put it in a cask and let it naturally ferment, versus having adding carbonation to beer that you would buy on tap right. in a bar. And it's going to affect everything, right? If, if, if my chemistry is right, it'll affect the, um, the level of the, uh, the bubbles. Yes, the, yeah, <laughs> carbonation. Me. And uh, also the sweetness of the, uh, the beer because you get the, the conversion, right? Yep. So, um, so that's, um, that's interesting. Oh, we have a message from Lorelai, <laughs> thank you, Lorelai. Lorelai Stevens-Strom is saying, Hi, Gwen and Beth, both extraordinary women. We think the same. Back at you, Lorelai. Hey, Lorelai. We miss you. <laughs> so, um, so anyway. yes, but in, in casks, are gonna be, they're going to be much less carbonated. They tend not to be served quite as cold. Um, because they're taking the beer out and putting them into these smaller vessels, They a lot of times the brewers can add other things. So they mm -hmm. dry hop them. They add interesting um, you know, fruit or spices. I know there was a beer there that was like peach ginger. There was a honey lemon ginger. We had a blueberry cask. Um, we also had a cask that was beer that had come out of a rum barrel. Mm -hmm. um, so it was what was left of our Ann Bonnie beer that was in, put in a cask. So it's, you know, there's, it, it shows a lot of um, creativity yeah. Um, and so it was fun to see some of these, you know, some of these brewers are brand new. They've been open a year. Um, some of them, one of them I know doesn't actually even have his own brewery yet. They're still kind of working as a kind of a tenant brewer and they brew with another at another brewery's location. Mm -hmm. So it, it's always fun. One of the reasons that my husband and I were drawn to this industry is because of the camaraderie on the production side, mm -hmm. right? The people that make the beer have always been friendly and helpful and you know if you're out of something or your piece of equipment breaks or uh, you know we do compete with each other and so mm -hmm. we try you know but we still try to keep it as cordial as possible and so we we've tried to have these events to try to you know foster that the, the continued camaraderie of our industry well for, first of all and you you've been there because according to which um, report you know which uh, history you read you started either in the basement or the garage when you were first brewing my husband did yeah he you know he had a he had a roommate he and his roommate bought each other a homebrew kit as a gift and so they would brew you know i'm sure probably out on the back deck or in the garage during inclement weather or the winter and uh and they both really enjoyed it um, and my, when I met Todd, he was homebrewing a lot mm -hmm. and we'd bring homebrew to parties and people would be like, wow, dude, you make really good beer. And when people say that enough to you, it starts to stick, you know, and for whatever hobby it is, like so for him, it was how, this is how, how it all started. Yeah. Yep. And so if people say that enough to you and he went to an event one day with a guy he worked with, which was a brewer's dinner. So think of like a beer dinner, but it was just for brewers from all around the country and it was in the basement at Redbones in Somerville, which is a, a classic place for craft mm -hmm. beer. And so he went to that and he, I remember him calling me on the phone that night. I was still at work and he was like, I've found my people, <laughs> you know, and they were all like bearded, ponytailed, you know, flannel wearing guys. Which is kind <laughs> of like your guy. It's exactly kind of like I my see. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that's really what fostered his, you know, desire to jump literally both feet into the industry and um, we eventually ended up here and working for the old high port and when that kind of ran its course and they went under we bought the equipment from them 
mm-hmm. and uh, started Cape Cod Beer. You know, literally, I would say it was the two of us, but I actually had a full-time job and benefits. So it was really, it was him. I'm curious, know. what were you doing? Um, at the time, I was working for the Barnstable Land Trust. Uh, and, was, and now when I ask you what you're doing, I, I remember last time I said to Beth, so what's your title? She said, well, I'm the one who takes care of everything that needs doing that didn't get done yet. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, my, I changed my, I, I, I got rid of it. But at one point I did change my signature on email that said I was the EVP of everything but making beer. Yes. Right. So I do everything, you know, everything but make the beer. I, I have a, a bigger team now. I have help doing our events and doing our marketing and we've got a great retail manager. And, and you certainly need that because, you know, in addition to having camaraderie with other um, uh, breweries, you, it seems like when I look at the calendar, you, you're full, like, almost every night, you know, people are gathering there to do something. And this is what I love. I haven't done this yet, but there are various exercise classes like <laughs> pound where you use the drumsticks. Yep. And, and uh, I don't know if you guys can see it in the shot here, but there's hula hooping, which uh, Beth and I have agreed we can't do and we don't have room. So I don't think there's just enough room to here look to do it. Hula-hoop. So we're going to pass on that today. But, uh, we're bring Tessie Tucker, our hula hoop teacher. Oh, okay. And uh, so, uh, demo that someday. And, uh, but here's the best thing, guys. You buy the ticket and then it comes, you do the activity and then you get a beer. So I think last time I was there, you'll have to help me with the name of it. Um, what what were you pouring when you did the event for, uh, do you remember, for No Kid Hungry? What was the beer we were pouring? Uh, yeah, like four or five of them. Yeah, we, yeah. you know, we do. So this is the challenge. We do um, a, an experimental beer a month. So mm-hmm. we have a pilot beer. Um, and we also do some things that we call beer du jour. So beer du jour is where we take a, a keg and we can add, you know, kind of like we do cask, though it's not cask style, but where we can add different things. So there's always, we always have our four year rounds. Mm-hmm. We always have our seasonals. We may have a little bit left over of last seasons as we go through it. And then there's always a couple random beers that are either pilots or experimental or just something somebody was playing around with. And so, That's so exciting. But trying to remember what happened Never mind. three we weeks ago. <laughs> We have a That's carrot okay. cake beer right now, though. That that one I thought was pretty cool. Which they you have a carrot cake carrot beer? Cake beer. Yeah, that was one of our oh pilots. We what? used carrot juice and golden raisins. Oh, we, wow. So we brewed a beer with carrot juice and golden raisins. That's amazing. Yeah. And can now, if you go to the brewery either for a tour or or for an event, can you can you try that? You can, can you absolutely get that? sample it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either sample it or you can buy a pint of it. But That's some a, of those, when we do this, the pilots, we only do, um, it's only a one barrel system. Mm-hmm. So basically we only get two kegs out of it. So it's like, I don't know, 250 beers or so. Yep. So it's not there forever. So if there's beers. Have that, you tried that? Of um, course. You know what? I haven't actually oh. tried the carrot cake one yet. It's kind of funny. I usually try all the pilots. I haven't tried that one. It's been a be busy couple of weeks at the brewery. So. To sample beer for breakfast if I worked, if I had your job. We have a, a comment from uh, Jane Reed Wilson. She says, hello from Philly. And we come to Cape Cod a few times a year. I have taken Cape Cod beer to friends in New Jersey who gave us the empty jug to take back so we could bring him some more. <laughs> yep. she's, People, probably, she's talking about the growler. Absolutely, yeah. the growler. Can you um, explain what you brought with you? Just yeah, I, br- I did. I brought a good sampling. When we started, all we did was growlers. Mm-hmm. Growlers are the easiest thing to package by hand. And hand packaging is usually the way that um, breweries start because equipment is, you know, yeah. filling equipment can be. Expensive. I remember it was a very big deal and we covered it when you got the can. cans. Cans, right. Cans, yeah. So 
Growlers were the big thing for us, and we actually distributed growlers to liquor stores. We still do to select liquor stores, mm -hmm. but not everybody wants them anymore. But we did growlers for a long time, and and you can bring the growler back to the brewery and have it refilled. And we meet, you know, we still have people that are from Connecticut that'll drive up with, you know, their big coolers and they fill them with yep. six cases of growlers, and then they go back to Connecticut and we see them like three months later. Like that's how they like to drink their Cape Cod beer. We have some very diehard growler fans. Um, Probably four years ago, I'm guessing, we started to do canning. We actually use a mobile canner. He comes in. In fact, they were there earlier this week on Monday and Tuesday. They come in and they actually unload their can canning machine mm -hmm. or machinery off a box truck. And then we use it for, usually we do it two days in a row. And we can, you know, we could can, I don't know how many pallets, like, you know, 50 pallets of beer or whatever. And then they leave. And then they go can someplace else. That's so, so a lot of microbreweries will, especially small ones, will use cans. Uh, will use uh, mobile canning. Mm -hmm. um, we do some specialty stuff. I actually brought two examples. Uh, one of them is Noxantra, which is a beer we did earlier this year that supports the um, the Nick Exaros Foundation, mm -hmm. um, and we did it as part of what's called the Black Ale Project. And that one, uh, I believe, it's a dollar for every beer sold beer, t-shirt, and, and kegs, things like that, all goes back to the foundation. We're actually about to do a check presentation to them shortly. Um, and then this one's a specialty. This is one of our coffee beers um, that we do with in conjunction with Cape Cod Coffee Roasters, or Cape oh. Cod Coffee, um, where we experiment with different things. This was a Mexican coffee beer. Um, little cinnamon? Kind of, little cinnamon, yep, absolutely. And... Um, and so we do some specialty. These are 750 milliliter bottles. So we do some specialty 750s as well. This time of year, we kind of move away from, we have to really focus on our, our core beers because we're so busy in the summer. So you don't see a lot of specialty stuff. This is kind of the tail end of this. We do one special release in the summer, which we call Christmas in July. Um, and You've been was, doing that for a while. We've been doing that for a while. That was mm -hmm. our concession because our summer customers, our, our, yeah, our summer only customers would complain, like, we never get to try any of the good stuff. And we were like, okay, we, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can help you with that. <laughs> and so, but my husband's like, we can't, we can't make more beers in the summer. We, yep. we've really, you how know. How many, you have like, uh, how many cores? I know you have the Cape Cod Blonde. We have the four year round beers. And yep. then in the summer we make, we have a spring seasonal and then we have a summer seasonal. So, mm -hmm. you know, once the spring seasonal is gone, which is our big sea saison, we'll have just the five beers. So the yes. four year rounds in summer. And so people would get disappointed and never got to try any of the barrel age stuff or any of the specialty stuff. And so we've started That's for those of us who live here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't want to hear that though. Um, so we one, started to squirrel some of the, that stuff away uh -huh. so we could pull out a keg here and there, but then we decided we would do Christmas in July and we took the last of our old man winter and we aged it in uh, whatever barrels we could get. Sometimes they're Truro Vineyards barrels that were Chardonnay and then were um, rum. Mm -hmm. We've gotten them from Triple um, Eight Distillery on Nantucket from their Notch whiskey. We've gotten, you know, we've had Jack Daniels barrels. It, it basically depends on what we can get our hands on. And I'll tell one, you that Triple uh, that original brewing of Triple Eight Notches is a very expensive pour. Oh yeah, I'm sure worth every sip. Um, but uh, you get some of that, you know, when you're aging in their barrels. When we first got those barrels, it was really funny because my husband was like, okay, before we put anything in there, just tip them over again and see if anything else has come out. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that way to try it, but that would be good. Um, 
Oh, from Karen Watkins. She says, it's a terrific topic to launch tomorrow's summer solstice. That's true. Yay, summer 2018. Summer. I know. So, it actually almost feels like it out there. <laughs> it does. Now, do, do you, I would imagine that, that touring the, uh, the brewery is a big activity in the summer. Oh, yeah. You know, and it is actually in the shoulder seasons, too. In the winter, it, you know, January, February, March. By yourself more. Sometimes it, we joke that there's tumbleweeds that fly through the brewery <laughs> because there's nobody else there. But um, but even on, like, Mondays and Fridays where you can tell people are taking long weekends, we'll still see people in the middle of the winter. This time of year, it starts to get – it starts to pick up, you know, especially on days when it's, like, not beach days. Those are our busiest days. When so, it rains, you're busy. Oh, yeah, slammed. Almost to the point, you know, and people, what they find is they try to come to us or they try to go to the potato chip factory. Mm -hmm. And we both are packed. Um, and really... It's what, a nice pairing. It, it, well, it is, yeah. absolutely. Um, and so ultimately, we've always tried to keep enough space so that we can have space for the people in the summertime because ultimately if it rains, there can be 150 people that want to be at the brew at the same time. Yeah. Well, that's a, a wonderful common community space that you have. You you know go in and uh, if I'm remembering it right, and there's like a little store which had some really neat stuff in Thanks. it. Uh, um, looks like it's been gathered from all over. Oh yeah, that's our, that's our kind of our commitment to the local makers, right? So when we first started it, we only had locally made soap. So we had locally mm -hmm. made beer and locally made soap. It was like the kind of the weirdest combination. But Ann Miller, who owns Summerhouse Soaps, eventually moved in our parking lot. Um, we, um, and then we kind of just were like, well, why don't we see if we can find other people's stuff mm -hmm. to add to the mix? So I, I'm I think it was bog beans and their, you know, chocolate covered cranberries came next. And then the cranberry harvest jelly ladies. And, you know, and then it just, and there were some, there were, at one point there were products that we were the only place they were sold. Like mm -hmm. we were sort of proof of concept for them, which was fine. Or they'd come in and they'd be like, we only sell at farmer's markets. And we're like, okay, well, that's great. Except all your labeling's on the top of the jar. Like we right. need the labeling on the front of the jar. Oh, interesting. Right. Because it's totally different. Yeah. When you're at a farmer's yeah. market, you're standing over about, a yeah, table, right. you know. Mm -hmm. So we've, you know, we've just continued to try to expand. So is that, our, that's pretty much all local products or? Yeah. Uh, yes. Pretty Aside much. from you know, like our towels or our yes, um, uh, coolers. You're already for like summer. That. Look yeah. at that. Very bright. You won't lose your spot on the no, beach if you're laying no. on this. But it's got local artwork on it. You know, our, our goal. Oh, really? Yep. It's uh, the our, the metal artist Steve Swain um, has done all of our tap handles. Um, oh, how interesting! And so he drew the artwork and the tap handle is kind of the center of this artwork for the summer okay. ale. This is probably going to make the camera crazy, but I'm going to try and open it up yeah, anyway. Just, you know, so I we do can this. See Flip it. it this way. Okay. You, can, you might be able to see it. All right. Here's the tap handle on this side. Okay. It's a yes. surfer. There we go. And, so our uh, tap handle is a, 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 it's that similar color and it's a surfer and it was designed by Steve Swain. Who's a, an artist up in Wellfleet. Right. I've, I've seen some of Steve's work. And uh, we have a comment, which actually is great, because I love it when the viewers do the work for me. I wanted to get into this area. <laughs> I segue. <laughs> John Miller says, Cape Cod beer doesn't just have great beer. They excel also at embracing and supporting the Cape Cod community. And I have to tell you, Thank you, you know, even before the beer, um, I, I noticed that about you guys. You are always busy. The, it's like a party that goes not quite 24 hours a day, but, uh, and, and you have a spot there where you can have a lot of uh, people gathered both inside and out. 
and um, I keep getting, I actually signed up when Amanda was signing, your uh, marketing person was signing up people for emails. Oh, great. So I, I get a lot of these now. I think, what are they going to do next? So Well, and you know, it's it started a little bit, partially because I worked for a charitable organization when mm -hmm. we started the business. So I, I worked for the Barnstable Land Trust, and I helped run their um, massive Gifts from the Sea event. And so I... I kind of understood the challenges from the charity side of the of the, um, of the table. I also understood that for businesses, not only is charity the right thing to do, but it's a great marketing opportunity. So we started early on where I would actually call organizations and be like, "Hey, we make beer. Can I make a donation to your event?" Wow! And, and many, you know, and nobody ever said no. <laughs> okay, wait, there might have been a school or a church or something along the way that we did get a no from, but generally everybody was very um, interested and helpful. And so that's how we kind of started. And we met a lot of really great people. And so along the way, we, you know, at some point you kind of step back and you go, okay, how do we get here? How do we, you know, we're here. How do we get there? And who got us here? And how do you further embrace those people? Because they're the ones that got you here, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's easy Don't forget the people you met to on forget the, way the up. people you met. Yeah, it, right. it's easy That's to forget right. the people you met on the way up. So for us, that and people always wanted to collaborate, like do collaborative beers, and there weren't other breweries on Cape Cod. So our collaborations were with like the local library. We did a um, a Kurt Vonnegut beer, right? And oh, wow. so what we was did, that it was like? it was a saison. It was a French style saison, which was um, I'm not going to remember the name of the book, but based on what. Um, one of his books, um, that whole area was where he was cap captured. Or oh, yes. So yes. anyways, This yeah. is the book that has Potweet, Potweet in it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, and this was really probably five book. years ago. It's in Dresden. Um, it's, the, yes. The book is set in Dresden. the fires yes. in Dresden. Yes. Yes. And so... so but All right, so guys, us, if you want to write in and tell us the name of the book, we, you know that we do this occasionally. I say, wasn't think with a friend. Five, was, it? was it Slaughterhouse? Slaughterhouse? Uh, might be. I'm not going to go to so, the Oracle and look that's it up. Right. But, but so for us, we started doing some collaborative beers, you know, we and, and we made more friends. You know, uh, JFK's anniversary of his 100th birthday came and the folks at the, um, John Allen and the folks at the, um, museum came to us and we were like JFK beer. You know, I grew up in, in Irish New England, you know, and yeah. so in Massachusetts and, you know, there was a picture of Ted and Jackie in the family home and, you know, like, so, um, sorry, John JFK and Jackie in the family home. And so we were like, yeah, sure. How do we do this? How do we do it? Well, how do we mm -hmm. do it without, you know, messing it up and, falling into any were you trying to do something that he would like in, in his honor or just something that evoked his you know his work his kind spirit? of invoked his you know the mm -hmm. spirit of and the other challenge is like they can't even when the vonnegut thing came to us they wanted a beer they could serve at a um chowder fest and vonnegut's i think it was vonnegut or vonnegut's father or something mm -hmm. had some weird coffee beer associated with them and we were like you can't serve coffee beer at a chowder fest. Right. So, you know, so no, you, you would have coffee you, and cream. <laughs> but you try to, you know, so you try to find something that not only the community is going to embrace. And so we did this pale ale for JFK. Um, we wanted to do the dark, uh, the black ale project. You have to do dark beers for. So the Noxatra had that one. There's been a couple other ones I'm trying to think of. And also a cool name. 
Well, the naming thing is not as easy as you think because with 7,000 breweries in the United States, each one of them making, I don't know, anywhere between 50 and 100 beers a year, names are really hard. Because so you do you have to like look up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, uh, because if not, database? you get a, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I never knew that. Well, and so Amanda Kaiser, who works for me, and we worked together on this one, she we were like, we couldn't, you know, we wanted to do like Darkest Night or we wanted to do like Oh Dark 30 or, you know, like there was mm -hmm. a bunch of sort of military um, connotations, but they were all used. Oh, so we went to Latin. Nox Atra means Darkest Night in Latin. So now we're like, you know, we're like, now, no you, more foreign name. That? Well, this one's a foreign name too. Do you own that name now? I mean, is, is that your name if you want to use it again on another, so another brew? In theory, yes. Right, we have the first use of it that we mm -hmm. know of. Um, there are names that you can use that other people that lots of other people have used. So clearly, nobody's going to come after you for mm -hmm. trademark infringement. But you can, you know, you can get into some trademark trouble with them. And so ultimately, we had a we had a beer. We share a beer name with a brewery in Rhode Island. But I picked up the phone. We made it first. I yeah. picked up the phone, and they said. Oh, yeah, well, we're not going to sell it in Massachusetts. And I go, well, we're not going to sell it in Rhode Island, so we're good with that. We're good. You know, um, there was a brewery in Massachusetts that came out with a beer called Red Right Return, and we actually own the trademark. We've trademarked mm -hmm. Red Right Return in the beer category. You're speaking so quickly, I can't quite get that. Red, Red what? Red Right Return. Okay, great. <laughs> so that's an old... Um, Boating thing, right? So it's where you're supposed to keep the red buoys on your right when you're returning. So it, okay. and there's a picture of a. We have boat. so many things to get in the next six I, minutes. I know, we're running minutes. out of time. Um, <laughs> you know the boating things because you guys recently launched a boat, right? I did. <laughs> so everybody knows about my boat. Give me the 15 second uh, uh, boating description. Did you refinish that boat yourself? We we did. It still needs a lot more love, but it had been owned by somebody else. Uh, it's probably 50, 12 years old. And, uh, but I really wanted a sailboat, a little sailboat. And we've been on the mooring list for 18 years and finally got a mooring. I actually ended up with two moorings. So, so people should uh, give a wave when they yes, go by. Yes, and it's a cat harbor. boat, and she's yeah. very sweet. She doesn't have a name yet, um, but, uh, but we have been sailing her. You should name her a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> so that I know Beth uh, is one of my many wonderful friends on Facebook. So I see these things. I know you celebrated your 21st First, yep. wedding, anniversary. wedding anniversary. You got the boat in the water, the which the is water. very exciting. <laughs> I know that was a dream. But there are a couple of um, things that the public can take part in that I want to get to So uh, before we run out of time. Why don't we start with Pizza Fest? Because that's coming July 14th. Yes. Tell us about that. So Pizza Fest is an event that's being put on by the Hyannis Harbor Hawks. Um, it's going to be the hosted. local Cape League. Yes, the, the Hyannis Cape League baseball team. It's going to be hosted on the Hyannis Town Green on July 14th from 12 to 5. Um, it is the momentous thing about it is that the town is for the first time allowing us to set up a pop-up beer garden because what goes better with pizza than beer? And so, you just found that out because they had to do some work on. Yes, um, we just um, found it out. We're paperwork with. Yep. A, we're a, state we're a in trial case. Yes, mm -hmm. we're a trial case. Okay, so we have to all be very on our best behavior yes. and do a good job. <laughs> um, but the, so that one should be really fun. Um, the Hyannis Harbor Hawks are, are and the high, and Highline is sponsoring it as well. And so that should be a great event. Right, and that's a fundraiser for the Hawks, right? Yes. It is. So um, we're thinking it's going to be about $20, but you get some details either at CapeCodTimes.com when you send them to me, Beth. Yes. Um, or at uh, CapeCod.com. 
beer.com. That's yes, your, that's yes. your, or the Harbor Hawks website. Absolutely. Right. right. So now, um, there's something coming up. Uh, well, let's do that last cause that's in October. Let's talk about the pop-up kitchen sure. for Cape Cod beer. Sure. So we recently, for, for years, we actually had, um, uh, food truck, which we called Cape Cod dogs. We bought it five years ago for our 14 year old son at the time to run. And, uh, he ran it for two years. His brother, who's two years younger, ran it for two years and and uh, or three years. And so this year we've decided to move what was inside the hot dog truck inside the brewery. So we worked with the town of Barnstable to build a concession um, that we're kind of calling a pop-up kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to name it. I think, I don't know, they might be circling in on dogs in the corner for summer because they want to keep the Cape Cod dogs name mm-hmm. going. But um, So you'll be able to get a snack if you stop by to sample beer. Or uh, do, you, now do you sell beer by yep. the glass you other buy, than yep. during events? Absolutely. Okay. You can do a pint. We actually, we not only sell beer by the pint or samples, we also sell um, locally produced cider mm-hmm. from Provincetown. And you can do either a glass or a flight of locally produced wines. We have two wines from Turo Vineyards and two wines from First Crush, which is in Harwich. So this is going to be a bit of food to go with that, yeah. which is always a good idea. And uh, I think you were telling me that you're hoping that some days it'll be a little fancier than hot dogs. Well, our goal in the off season is to have local restaurants come in and do the pop-up food. So I, I would love to see, you know, we've talked to a couple of them. I talked last night to the ladies from Centerville Pie, maybe have a pie day, you know, have somebody come in and do uh, lobster rolls and chowder and things that they, the rest, our local restaurants are really good come at Come on, doing. Beth, you were going to invite someone to do I know, that I know, I know. I'm thinking that we'll have Captain Parker's come and do some Captain Parker's chowder. If they're some, willing. So. And some lobster roles it's we were inspired to jerry manning yep we were inspired by a conversation with jerry manning the night of the uh no kid hungry event at the brewery and so wonderful event and yeah, and fun. i think nine or ten uh different rep- restaurants represented some, some of the best chefs on cape cod were there it was yes it was a, a wonderful eat so i um i wanted to uh because we're assuming this that everybody knows where you are maybe you should tell people okay so we are on finney's lane um, right kind of by near BJ's or Hathaway's Pond. We're at 1336 Finney's Lane, and um, we're open Monday through Saturday. During the week, it's 10 to 6. On Saturday, it's 11 to 4, and we are closed on Sundays. Great. So, uh, and the tours are pretty much every half Every hour? day. It's No, it's every day oh. at 11. We have every one day tour at 11. day, okay. but you can do tastings, and our staff will be more than happy to talk talk you through the brewing process. You know, if you're just standing there, if you show up at two o'clock in the afternoon, they can explain all about our business and about. And you even have some of the running clubs uh, leaving out of there and coming. Monday nights, Monday night run club. It's actually run, cycle, and paddle. Um, And you can find lots more information about that on our website. Um, It started out as a partnership with us in Hanlon's. The Cooperative Bank actually now provides a free beer for everybody who runs. So if your runs are bought, or just love the idea. I know. They sponsored it. We were like, they called us and said, can we sponsor that? And we were like, yes, you can. Um, so we had, we had literally had 60 people running from the brewery on Monday night. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was there for no kid hungry, they still did it. Yes. And uh, so inside people were dressed up and, and, and uh, listening to music and, and, uh, and eating lo- yes. at local restaurants and, having beer, the beers that you were serving. And then outside people were tying up their shoes and yeah, getting sweaty ready to go exactly. for a run. It's, it's such a beehive of activity and it brings so much to the community. So we're so glad you could join us. We could talk forever. I told you it would go very quickly. I know. And 
it has gone. <laughs> so it is time to say goodbye for today. Join us again next week. Go see Beth and Todd, although mostly Beth, because I almost never see Todd. He's working. <laughs> <laughs> so, and have a great week. Thank you so much, Gwen. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.